everybody to another episode of the tkw podcast uh we're here we're back i'm anthony corbo i'm joined by kyle maggio what's going on everyone i've got brian giverman here two more games and the last but not least we got mike cortez joining us for the whole show today what's going on dude yeah all right, and uh, before we get into things, make sure you are following the Knicks Wall on Twitter. Please make sure you're following TKW Podcast too. Uh, the reviews, the ratings, the subscriptions on YouTube, whatever your podcast platform is, the Apple one, any of that. Uh, you know, please. The season's winding down, and we're you know still real grateful for your support. So uh, yeah, we're still here, and the. Uh, we got two games left after this month. We got a win today. We got uh, we took care of the uh, the Wizards. It was a close one down the stretch, but one thirteen to one ten. Uh, Knicks walk away. We moved to sixteen and sixty four on the season. Uh, we're now nine and thirty one at home. And uh, yeah, and lead went back and forth quite a few times, but once again, it's it's Mario Hazonia, and it's it's. He's taken over the team. He finally got that 30 piece. I was really craving for him to get uh, last week. And uh, six rebounds, five assists. He does it right after the triple double uh, against uh, against Houston on Friday. And then, you know, 29 against the Magic. I mean, is is there anything that point Hazonia can't do? Uh, apparently not. This is the greatest point guard in NBA history, greater than one Magic Johnson. Um, he's just sensational. It's just, yeah, what can he do right now at the end of the season with these meaningless games? But, um, he's, I mean, he's playing well. You know, just got to give credit to him. Just, it you makes know, complete he, sense that Mario Hazonia is the king of meaningless basketball. Yeah, of, of course he is, you know. But uh, it, it's it's fun to watch. I mean, we needed, you know, we, we locked up the, the worst overall record. So, timeout. Yeah. Kyle, 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 Kyle. What? Kyle, timeout. Did you say this was fun to watch? It was fun to watch. He, he stunk the whole year, and suddenly he's good for the last couple of games. I want to watch some wins. It's fine. My approach to this Wizards game would have been that of the Rockets in the end of the fourth quarter, if it was my choice. That's fine. That's fine. I just want, I just want to watch a couple of wins before the season ends. All right, multiple choice question. That game had the level of intensity of a college game, a high school varsity game, a JV game, an intramural game, like a third grade CYO game. I'm going to go intramural game. I, I, uh, I've played a lot of intense intramural games. That felt a lot like it. J- JV sounds good. But there was like, I, there was some intensity down the stretch, you know. I mean, it was I good. It, it was just us for 18 points in the second quarter, and then did not play another minute for the rest of the game. Dennis was just like kind of cruising around the court, just pulling jumpers. Like I don't think he has the burst to get by people, but he was 
he wasn't going to try and like create contact to get to the foul line. He was just out there kind of, kind of chilling. He did look like his back was was kind of uh, still bothering him a little bit. They mentioned during the broadcast during the broadcast that he said that his back wasn't totally recovered, but he can't really hurt it anymore. Is basically how they reported it. Uh, and he had that one breakaway dunk, I think, like in the in the second quarter, I think it was, and. You know, he kind of looked like he wanted to go up a little bit further. You could see him hesitate a little bit longer in the air and just put the ball up. Like, he's definitely not totally healthy, but, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with him getting some run out there. It's it's so low stakes right now. He looked a little bit rusty, but that's to be expected, especially when you, when you play with the back issue. You're just mad stiff. I've had those before, and they're so annoying, man. Yeah, I just feel like I can't turn in either direction. So, um, we had those five turnovers, which isn't great, but... It's also not that big of a deal. I just enjoy seeing him out there. So, should he really be playing right now? Like, no, not he shouldn't be playing. But what, what yeah, is your it, angle for him not playing? Well, it, it's well, and Moutier also should not be playing because they're right. His whatever look, we don't. Th- I don't think he's going to get paid a lot of money. But whatever money he does, there's no reason to risk it right now. But from an organizational perspective, isn't this kind of backwards? Why are you risking the guy who you have under contract and is going to be a part of your future? God forbid they re-sign Moody. We're just going to pretend that's not a thing that can happen. But, And I'm not saying to play Moody, but shouldn't you be even more careful with the guy who's going to be involved with your team rather than risking that? I mean, yeah, ideally. Yeah, I mean, we're already seeing teams do this. You know, Devin Booker got shut down. Uh, I think Levine's done for the year for the Bulls. Like, everybody slowly. Even Bradley Beal didn't play in the second quarter or, you know, in the second half of the game after he kind of took a couple of falls. Like, you know, Wizards are going to be pretty careful with him. You know, I, I don't know if, if Jeff Green is in their long-term plans or if he's just, you know, basically going to be a free agent after this and it's the same kind of thing they're talking about with Moutier or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, again, so low stakes. These teams aren't going anywhere. Might as well. It, it's optional at this point, honestly. Didn't the Knicks dress like 10 players the other day? Yeah, I mean, they've been, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is they've been really, really shorthanded. So that's why I don't want to go nuts either, because, you know, Kadeem Allen died sometime last week with the concussion <laughs> thing. Um, you know, Dennis, Dennis missed the better part of the last month. Uh, Moutier suddenly disappeared. Um, Frank is just, Trier's Tr- been gone for a month. Frank is gone. So I, I don't want to sit here and, like, harp on they needed to shut him down because it's like then we have his own year running point with, with what, you know, Billy Garrett and John Jenkins as the backups. You know, it, I, I get it. If he can actually play, then just it is what it is. You you, gotta, you, have, you have to put somebody out there. His own year point was so fun to watch. Why not for 48 minutes? I mean, he got 42 in Houston. It's, it's just the perfect way to end the season, you know? It was just such a grim, ugly season. He, he's mostly stuck to the bench of a terrible team. And then, and then of course, at the end, he's, he's a, a nearly a triple-double machine. You know? it's, the Alexa, it's the Alexei Shved thing. Oh, yeah. There's only starting yeah. at three different positions for the next this year. Uh, the Frank DeLaquina special. Is there anybody that you're pushing for on the Knicks to like definitely be firmly shut down for the year? Dennis Smith Jr. Are there any other players that fall into this camp? Uh, I mean, I've Mitch. seen Knox and Robinson are basically the only two that I want to see just play every minute for the rest of the game. Honestly, is Mitch still playing for that streak? 
For blocks yeah. or is that secure? Yeah, he got it today. He got uh, the two blocks for I saw he had three, yeah. Yeah, he's... 28 games he's at now. I thought that ended the other day, but apparently, I guess, something counted. It's still going. Yeah, no, it's... Oh, damn. Yes, yeah, so I'll keep him. I'll yeah. feel bad about shutting him down. He's at, like, 30-something with... They say, like, 37 or something of, like, with consecutive with a block, and that is just... that sweet music. Yeah, I saw his block percentage. I think it was, like, 72%. It's... It's crazy. Kind of concerned about Dotson, though, the co- coming down the stretch here. He's had quite a few kind of shaky games. He went uh, two for eight tonight. He was uh, three for 14 against Houston. Like, I mean, I don't know. He, God damn, I am looking at this Houston box score right now. Kevin Knox is a minus 35 in that game. <laughs> Yikes! It's impossible. Mitchell Robinson was a minus thirty-three, and Dotson was a minus thirty. Wow! I saw at one point, like I was, I was very, very uh, loosely watching that game while I cooked dinner, and they were down like one hundred to sixty. <laughs> I was like, "Good God!" Yeah, I saw the score of that game, and I was just like, "Nope, I'm not doing I didn't, this." I didn't want to put myself through it. I don't, I don't, I don't blame anybody for not watching that game. Like, I, I had that on in the background, but it was just, I mean, we knew it, we knew what we were getting into walking into that. My, my Friday night plan was to get off of work, and then I was gonna go home. I was just gonna relax and watch the Nick game on my couch, and then I saw the score of the game, and I was just like, I, I just watched the couple TV shows instead. I was like, I'm not doing. Yeah, the only thing I saw from that game was uh, Mitch had a, like a really nasty stuff in the first quarter, and then a really nice like um, rebound and and put back dunk basically. And after and then I left and then I checked the score and it was just this, it was like a thirty something point lead and you know I was I was pretty happy I didn't see the rest of it. <laughs> we all made good life decisions. I was asleep by ten o'clock that night. Uh, they didn't do anything for me. Um, like, watch it or no? Or did you no, fail? I haven't watched a Nick game since I want to say the Bulls when we beat the Bulls. That was the last Nick game I've watched. We're experts here. All of us are, are yes. definitely keen observers. I mean, like college, I just college has been so much more entertaining right now. And oh yeah, this season's like I was just thinking about it. How long this season has been? It's like we considered Moutier in December, and now I can't stand the sight of him. God, doesn't Christmas feel like it was, like, a season ago? Yeah, like, the like it just feels like two different seasons completely. Yeah, it really, really, really does. Like, even, like, since the trade deadline, it's felt like almost an entire season. Yeah, like, where's Noah Vonley? Like, like yeah, he completely I, disappeared. Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> <it>. Disappeared. <laughs> that's thanks, because I, I did enjoy watching him play the first half of the year, and he's just nowhere to be found. Did they even give an update on him? He just hasn't appeared on box scores or anything. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just he there. He's a walking boot, and that's just been the excuse. <laughs> I, it might not even be for anything. He's just wa- wearing a walking boot for the Knicks. <laughs> They're saying, you know, just toss this on and write out those checks. All right, well, is, is, yeah. there, is there a worse – I tweeted this out. Is there a worse sports month in any sport than the last month of NBA regular season basketball? I can't think of anything. Yeah, September baseball. September baseball is brutal. See, 
Isn't it better now, though, because they have the wild cards and the extra wild card and so many more teams have meaningful games because like winning the division matters. And then you have like 19 teams competing for the two wild card spots. Yeah, but in the AL, I mean, at least for the AL, there's, it's usually Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, and then the rest, it's just you're waiting to get slaughtered by one of them. Oh, uh, Gary Sanchez is back. Oh, he's big back. I mean, he is. Oh, buddy. Three home runs today. What's their record? Five and four, I want to say. And they played like the Orioles nine times. Six. Not great. No. Honestly, wouldn't mind them doing bad, but that's neither. Wow. There's a, uh, a former Nick who also scored a career high of 30 points tonight. Do you know who that is? Um, Take one. Everybody gets one guess at this. Former Nick. Former Nick playing in the league right now just scored career high of thirty of thirty points. It's not Enos Cantor, is it? It's not Enos Cantor. Thank God. I'm watching him play right now, and I've seen Miles Plumley swat him like Are six you times. Watching Cantor right now. I yes. <laughs> oh man, Brian, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> is it Trey Burke? It's not Trey Burke. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian was so happy that he was off the team that he never had to watch him play basketball again. And then here Brian, and then here Brian is doing it again, spending his spare time watching at his kid play basketball. It, but you are fascinating, my friend. <laughs> to be fair, I can't, I can't have sound on to what I'm watching, so I don't have many choices. It has to be a game. It's like, I'm not going to watch Billions while I'm talking with you fools. Oh, Billions was great. Did you watch it yet? No, no, I'm going to watch it after the podcast. Oh, great. All right, Kyle, real quick, give me your guess. Career high 30 points, ex-Nick in the league right now. It's not Courtney Lee, is it? Not Courtney Lee. Oh, Trey Burke came close. 24. Damn. Wait, is Channing Fry still playing? I think today was his last game. Yeah. Kevin Love wore his Arizona jersey. I feel like Kyle it. is Googling this at this point now. He says, <laughs> he's no, I, no, I'm not. I was just asking because I thought maybe he, they, you know, let him just do the Kobe send off, you know, shoot a thousand shots because it's the Cavs. <laughs> Shatting, but, uh, it's the Kobe 60 shot game. You know, but I, I guess not. I, I don't have, I don't have a clue. Oh, did Derek? No, because you said career high, right? Career high 30, yeah. Yes, that's, that can't be Derek Rose. Much like uh, Mario Hazonia. You're never going to guess this. Wait, uh, I'm trying to find him. I just can't. I'm looking. I'm not looking at who's playing, at who played, but I am looking at the teams. Damn. Do you have a name for me, Kyle? You're holding nope. up. Justin nope. Holiday. Oh, really? Oh, good one on the Bulls. That's a good call. Grizz. No, he's on the Grizzlies, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Grizzlies. I always liked them. It's about trivia corner for the day. That's where we're at at this point in the season with this fucking podcast. I'm doing trivia. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, we're moving on here. <laughs>
Something kind of interesting got brought up in the uh, Slack chat earlier today. We talked about Mitchell Robinson potentially becoming the, uh, you know, the starter next season. That's probably going to be great. And, you know, I guess the first part of this whole thing is, like, what his ideal minute load looks like. Is he immediately a 30 to 32-minute player next, you know, over playing over 30 minutes next season, I should say? Uh, or, you know, does he still kind of fall into that, you know, high 20s area? Or are we, do we need a, like, the question that I want to ask here is what kind of backup does Mitchell Robinson really need next season? Does he need somebody who's going to play a ton of minutes for him? Or is, is he really going to take on the, the bulk of everything here? We just need somebody to kind of, you know, fill in the gaps when he needs to take a rest. Um... I think ideal. I think he could play thirty minutes. Ideally, I think Noah Vonleh, Cornette, and then if God's give us Zion, Zion could play some five two to alleviate him. But I think he could play thirty minutes a night. He hasn't fouled nearly as much as he was in the beginning of the season, and he swats people like it's no business. So I feel like every challenge we've thrown at him, he's aced it. So why not? I I wonder. Just what like what's gonna happen when he fully gets elevated into that role? Is he going? Are we gonna see him get into trouble with the with the fouling again? He's he's been able to largely handle that so far, but you know as he gets into that full time starter position and as he's going up against it for like larger periods of time against really the top levels of talent at his position, is is he going to? You know, or some of his uglier tendencies for, that we've noticed earlier in the season are going to start coming back out. And you, do we think that's going to require a backup who's going to be able to kind of, you know, bail him out, I guess, in those kinds of situations? I, I think at this point you go into next season under the premise that you have one of the most impactful centers in the entire NBA, and he should play as many minutes as he physically can uh or with regards to foul trouble and using any sort of resources in a meaningful way loses the value in the contract he has they cornet and bomb i don't know if they can capitalize if they can really do that cornet i like also because we so like say you were going to use the exception why I like one of Cornette or Bonley for that instead of, say, DeAndre Jordan is because both of those guys can play next to Mitchell Robinson in addition to backing up, so they bring a little bit more value. But the, you, you just have to be real—you you don't want to spend a lot of money on his backup. That person shouldn't be playing more than 12 to 16 minutes a night, and it needs to be people that are accepting of that role. Yeah, I mostly agree. He's just got to get out there and play and figure it out. I don't know that if I truly believe he's done with the foul woes. Um, I, I do believe he's going to be the starter no matter what next year now, but um, I'm curious to see how he handles, like, you know, really starting over a long stretch. But, you know, I, I'm not really that worried based on, you know, how, like Mike said, every time we've sort of asked or questioned a component to his game, he's sort of come along and fixed that relatively quickly. Um, you know, like I think my biggest knock on him most of the year was he wasn't rebounding for shit, and now he's just rebounding like a madman. So, you know, he just shuts us up relatively quickly, and um, I think he'll be fine in, in a larger role. I think, like Brian said, he just got to play him as many minutes as he can and ride him. 
I agree largely that Cornette and Vonley, Cornette or Vonley would probably be the best options at those positions. I would even probably argue Cornette over Vonley. Um, I think that Cornette's kind of a, I, I think he's more realistic at, at whatever that mid-level exception ends up being. Um, and I, I think that Vonley's going to get more minutes elsewhere, but I also think that Cornette just with his size and kind of like, his offensive ability that he's been able to show a lot through the, the second half of the season here. I'd like to develop, see what he develops into a little bit more. Um, but let's say outside of those two, let's talk about some like free agents on other teams right now. Are there any guys out there that you think would make for an ideal backup to him or, you know, be able to provide him with some support next season? Mm. I guess he was available. I'm looking I through... Someone I would want I, someone like Cornette, though. I would want someone that could space the floor and also protect the rim. So maybe so the, like, list, the list of guys I found, uh, uh, Kylo Quinn, Dwayne Dedman, one of the Zellers, I forget which one it was. There's like eight of them. Or Costa Kufis were like four guys I saw on the list of just cheap. You could probably Dedman, get Dedman's probably the most expensive yeah. out of that group, but those are guys you could get at like a two, three million dollars veteran minimum type, and they could play a little bit. Do you think the market's going to collapse like it did for O'Quinn? O'Quinn was probably going to assume he thought he was getting way more than he ended up taking because I think he only signed for a little bit more than what the Knicks were going to give him anyway. Indeed, like, just replaceable centers don't get lots of money anymore. Like, New Orleans Noel, who was young and had upside, couldn't even get paid last offseason. You're going to be able to get a decent big for super cheap. You just got to gotta wait it out. Uh, you know who might be available at the end of the year? Uh, Joakim Noah. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know what's cool about Noah? I watched the Lenny Cook documentary, which was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. But Joakim Noah was probably the like the coolest one. Like He's the only one that visited Lenny Cook like after Lenny Cook was washed. But besides that. I saw that, yeah. Was, he, he's he's a really good dude off the court from yeah, by, by literally all accounts um you know that i've ever seen or read and especially about stuff he does in the community but i just don't for the life of me understand how quickly it got like unfixable here it, it's just it, it's the strangest thing i'd love to know like the actual full full details one day but i think he just likes to turn it up i think that's all it is I want to get a little bit more in depth into uh, the free agency and the Knicks uh, own free agents in a second with Mike because you wrote a piece uh, entitled "Should They Stay or Should They Go?" The Knicks, the free agent Knicks reclamation projects uh, went up on the KnicksWall.com last week. Make sure you head there, uh, check out the recap from tonight's game against the Wizards and uh, all of our features we have going live next week. Uh, but so you kind of focus in here on three you know three of the main free agents for the Knicks and we just talked about Noah Vonley and kind of what the Knicks would be able to do with him uh you know potentially getting him on that mid-level would be ideal but you also discussed uh Mario Hazonia and you talked about Emmanuel Moutier in here um the Moutier stuff is interesting to me because he hit that starter criteria Mm-hmm. which means he, you know, he gets a higher qualifying offer now. And then I looked at his, his cap hold for next year, and it's like it's something like $12.8 million or something like that, right? Yeah, yep, 
Um, that I mean, I just cannot imagine them uh, re-signing him for that. At the same time, though, you did mention in here that he, I mean, he is having his career high year in just about every category. Yes. I mean, um, at the rim is above 50%. I mean, there's a ton of stuff in there. Yeah, he is having a career year, and I think it's a blend of all the minutes he's gotten and the faith in Fiz that Fizdella puts in him. But like I wrote, I think his best skill are fadeaway 13-footers, and I just don't see any reason to even roll the dice with him, even if it's at 5.75, like, no way. I think there's way more. I feel like guards are the cheapest, so I feel like I'll just wait out the market, try and do the heavy lifting, and maybe like if he comes at the minimum, I'll consider it. But no, shoot, shoot no, him to the moon. No. Shoot him to the moon, though. Like that's if I was the GM, I would shoot him to the moon. Yeah, I just don't want any parts of him. I, I think really good for him, for you know improving the way he has this year. Um, I don't think he makes him a particularly good player, but I think it's very obvious that he's improved a decent amount. So let him go sign somewhere else to be at the backup ball handler. I just, I feel like if we had a coach who knew how to really keep him in a small and restricted role, it would be fine. But we have Fizdale, and I just, I just don't think that that ends well for anybody. So. I hope he goes and cashes out with like the fucking Suns or something. Do you guys, this is a little off topic, but do you guys believe the uh, the kind of theory that's coming around now that Fizdale has merely not employed his system the, this season because he has so many uh, ball dominant point guards? I think Mike, you even mentioned this in this article too, but uh, but you know there there's kind of a theory that Fizdale has purposefully held back a little bit on instilling his system because of all the the one year contracts and the guys who are going to be fighting for you know time with the ball in their hands uh do you do you guys think that theory has any credence to it i sure as fuck hope so because if he has he just keeps pushing it back he kept on first it was 25 games and then he started bringing up like well we have a lot of people here playing for their future and now it's saying like i'm waiting till next year so you better come with the heat next year that's all i'm saying yeah i think that's kind of a flimsy excuse but you know at this point there's nothing we could do but hope that uh you know, there's truth to that, and then next year it gets better. Like, aren't there still enough people that are going to be on next year's team to at least start? And you have almost a starting five. Like, Trier is going to be here, Dennis Smith, Knox, Mitchell. Like, that's enough to at least start something. Yeah, I, that, that's kind of what I feel like, too, Mike. I feel like if you know what your young core is going to be like, because we know that it's going to be the fallback plan anyway. If they miss on the free agents, then why not, you know, get started on what that system would be now? So let's look at one of the other guys that Mike was talking about then, too, because we already talked about Noah Vonley, but we got, we, I mean, we have to talk about Mario Hazonia here. It does, yeah. So does his crazy three game stretch he's had here, where he scores, you know, almost hits 30 points twice he hits it one you know tonight obviously and then he has a triple double in between them does that change at all how we're perceiving mario hazonia now or is this complete end of season fool's gold that we're looking at here yeah I, if he's brought back i would want him as like the end of bench like cool guy at the end of the bench the chemist type like that's all i would want him for anything else he gives you is a plus he's definitely kind of Earned a little space in my heart these last couple of games. He's know. definitely a dope. 
Yeah, he's definitely a good like personality. I love I love having him as a personality on the team. It's hysterical. I love that guy, but he just you know he's kind of stunk this year. I mean, him telling Cantor to shut the fuck up and cheer. Well, that's just that was great. That was yeah, a one moment. He, he's a good dude. He's authentic. We're, I, I'm scared to know what Brian truly thinks of Mario Hazonia. He, he's perfect. If he veteran minimum on at the end of the bench, I'm perfectly fine with him. He doesn't complain when he doesn't play, and when he's out there, he tries hard. In my 12th or 13th man, I no complaints if Hazonia's back. I'm in. All right, I'm, I'm in on that too. I, I I would like him. I feel like he's appreciated his time in New York too. I don't think that he gets anything more than a minimum contract anywhere else. So yeah, um, I'm, I I would be happy to have him back. Let's kind of look at some of the guys that you didn't mention in your piece though. So we also have for free agents is DeAndre Jordan. Uh, you know he's going to be a complete unrestricted free agent. There's also uh. You know, Luke Cornett, who we touched on a little bit earlier in the show. There's the G League guys of you know Jenkins, Allen, Hicks, and uh, and Garrett. Um, and then we also have Henry Ellenson, who has a team option for next year. Um, of all those guys I mentioned, or do you think any of them are likely to come back next year, or, or do you think the Knicks should be even active in pursuing any of them? Uh, Cornett for sure. I would prioritize Cornett and then Kadeem just because you want to still have the sense of, like, we develop people and we keep them here. We don't just develop them to go elsewhere. And Cornette, if you take Cornette away from this team, their three-point shooting's already pretty bad. And I think what is it? he shoots above, like, 30% for sure. So that's a big chunk missing. How I think about Cornette is he would fit perfectly on the Rockets. And if a player would fit perfectly on the Rockets, that's typically – and he has some level of skill – that's typically a player you want to keep on your roster because it's going to push you towards smart basketball on both ends. He protects the rim and he shoots a high percent, an above average percentage from three at a position that you typically don't get a lot of threes from. There's a lot of value in those two things in today's NBA. And the, the Knicks would be smart to continue to utilize that. As long as they're not overusing him, I think if it's just situational or you get him in a, a short burst, I think that that's fine, you know. Yeah, ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah, I think that's that that would be more than okay. Hey, I don't I don't want him out there too long because they start uh, really targeting him defensively. I mean, it can sometimes get out of hand, but um, I I think for like a short, if you go small or you just want to go super spacey, I think that's fine to just try to get a bunch of open threes. That that'd be perfectly good. Yeah, like he's a good person to have with someone like Zion, like if Zion came or even Dennis Smith, just pick and pop. Because which game? Which game was uh? He was lights out. It was in Milwaukee one night, wasn't it? He's had a bunch of games he where he was like that recently. I'm looking up. He had the hit. How many did he hit tonight? Tonight he hit. Four of eight. Four? Yeah, four of eight tonight. It's yeah, against the Bucks. Seven. Seven for eleven. Damn, he went off. Yeah, like just he when he's when he's unconscious, he's unconscious. Yeah, yeah thirty six point. Yeah, thirty six percent. That's not bad. Like I, I definitely want to bring him back. Yeah, he's been dead on all season. It's, he's been very solid. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
before we get out of here tonight, Mike, we have Virginia and Texas Tech in the NCAA championship game uh, coming up on Monday. Uh, Final Four over the weekend. Uh, Give me your big notes from the Final Four now. I I need to know where we're standing prospect-wise, where where the exciting moments were. Give me your recap. Uh, Culver was... He scared me for a bit. He gave, like, ab- there was absolutely nothing, like, no clips, no anything. And then at the end, he stepped up. He hit the floater, and then he hit that big three to seal it. Oh, that so three that was, was That was good. Beautiful. It was good to see. Because before that, he was not shying away, but he just, like, he wasn't being assertive. And even when he was, he just had, like, these shitty, like, bounces. So it was good for him to just fight through that and hit the big shot. And I think Texas Tech's been the best team all tournament. And... I think those should be favorites tomorrow. And feels like they've played every type of game. Like they could play a rock fight. They could play a shootout. They can shoot from three. They could score down low. It's just good. And Owens has been amazing too. Who guarded Culver? I didn't see any of that game. I think I think it was um, fuck. What's his number? Was it the dude Henry? They didn't or McQuaid. It wasn't McQuaid. It wasn't McQuaid. I know that. It was probably Henry. Yeah, he's a pretty athletic dude that Culver went up against. Yeah, it was just they were just shutting down the paint. Even when he did try to drive, it was he was running into like three people. It was kind of what they did with RJ, where he turned the corner. It was three people standing there. So, but he fought through it, and he was also doing stuff on the other end too. Like he was still involved. Like he didn't just go off to the side. God, I'm still mesmerized. It just came up on my timeline, but I'm still mesmerized by these uh, Golden State Warriors jerseys tonight. Which ones were they? Oh, they were wearing the uh, We Believe. We Believe, yeah. yeah. So crazy. Um, all right, so what are what, what are the matchups we're looking for in the game, in the championship matchup tomorrow? I, I, I care about Culver versus Hunter. I'm hoping Virginia's smart enough to just have Hunter guard him the whole game. And then on the other end, Culver's probably going to have to guard Guy because Virginia's basically Jerome Guy and Hunter's not really the scorer, but... What's the over under? One eighteen. It's. I think it's gonna go over. Really? Yeah. Uh, aren't most people gonna be betting under on that? You think public will be that's under? Why, yeah, that's why I think it's gonna go. Over. I think it's gonna just sneak on the over. Because Virginia does like, they can shoot. Like Jerome and Guy have been on. So, it's, and then on the other side, Mooney was red hot. Culver shot terribly last game, and so did Moretti. So, and they still scored what sixty, or did they score? Yeah, 6151 yeah. yeah. So I can see it. Can you uh explain to me real quick what happened at the end of the uh of the Virginia Auburn game? It was a good call. It's he didn't let him win. It sucks that they called it, but by the letter of the law, it was right. He you landed in space. You, you can't hit a guy's leg as he's shooting. Yeah. It sucks, but Apparently he double dribbled before that. I missed that. So maybe that's something to get mad about. Mm. But the foul itself, I thought that was fair game. Yeah. All right. Well, I, th- I think I'm, uh, I might have to tune in for this one. I don't know. I, I still, I still kind of think that Michigan state might come out from behind and take the tournament, <laughs> but, uh, I'm not quite sure. It's going to be tough. I'm a little shaken. Yeah, they can do it. Go Sparty.
Um, alrighty. Uh, anything, uh, anything else you guys want to ask Mike about the tournament for tomorrow? No, I just wanted uh, Texas Tech to win. Honestly, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm all in on Culver at this point. Yeah, I, I, like I said in the last couple of pods, I, I've just been riding with whoever, the, you know, the highest rated prospect would be that the Knicks are looking at, and Culver is now, uh, you know, firmly the last one. So it is what it is. Hope he has a really good game, puts on a show, uh, makes me feel a little bit better when the Knicks inevitably take him at three. Uh-huh. So, you know, it is what it is. I just want to get my hopes up a little bit more, I guess. And I also think they just have a terrifying defense that, you know, I, I think they're going to be able to pull it out. And that, so they have some type of Nipsey connection, so. Oh. Um, I saw he was at the game. I don't know. What, what, I, I read a story. One of the guards on that team um, was just a really big fan of Nipsey, and I guess he lived in DR, but he came here to live with his father, who lived in, where I think in LA and um, I guess I, I don't know he realized his son was listening to Nipsey and then he asked me he's like oh you, you you like Nipsey he's like oh yeah do you know him and he's like yeah he's actually one of my clients so then like Nipsey would uh, call him for his birthday and things like that and like text him during games or before games so they had a pretty good friendship and then it was like I guess he helped mend uh, the relationship between the kid and his father but uh, then he did. He went to the game the night before he got shot for the the kid and his father. So that's crazy. Okay, so I'm all in on Texas. Today. Yeah, yeah. It, I need to just. I, it would be a nice story, you know. Yeah, Francis was the guy. Bardone Francis. I just looked. Yeah, him up. yeah. It, it's a good story. I, I I'm sorry. I'm not giving the proper credence to it. I, I'm trying to scramble to find. That's uh, cool. I know. Where where like who wrote the story? But it it was it was a good read. Yeah. And I hate Virginia. I mean, who doesn't hate Virginia? They're the most unwatchable team. I, I've, I've long, I don't even care for college basketball, as you guys know. Like, I just very casually watch uh, mostly the Knicks prospects. And whenever I see Virginia, I, it, I have a strong dislike for them for some reason. I always just feel like they're frauds. Uh, and I just want, I don't want these frauds on my TV. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. I feel like they're always upset or about to be every game. Doesn't matter the year, doesn't matter the team, doesn't matter the context. They're always about to be upset or do get upset. Yep. And hopefully they're like they... ninety and like six, probably their last three years. Yeah, and it's I don't know. I should like them, but I just don't. Fuck them. That's my contribution to this. <laughs> Agreed. Alrighty. Um. Well, that's pretty much all we got for you tonight. It's a quick check-in. We got uh, the biggest thing this week, much bigger than the uh, Knicks wrapping up their season, is definitely the championship games, and so make sure you're watching that tomorrow. Uh, Knicks play against the Bulls on Tuesday. They play against the Pistons on Wednesday, is that? Yeah. Wednesday is the last game of the season? All right. Uh, home against the Pistons to close out the season. And, uh, and yeah, that's going to be about it. So we'll talk to you after that. Thank you uh, again to Mike Cortez for coming on tonight. Thanks uh, for having me. Follow him at Cortez Era. Uh, check him out, all his writing on the nextwall.com. Uh, follow my co-hosts on Twitter, too, please. We got it at Kyle Maggio, at Brian Giverman. I'm at Corbo Anthony. Uh Follow the Knicks wall, follow TKW podcast, hit us with the subscribe on YouTube and everywhere else. Um,
Um, check out everything we got going on at thenixball.com, and we'll be back later on this week. 